Hello, everyone. You're in it. This is Dave Birnbaum. Today, we talk to writer and stand-up comedian Robbie Hoffman. Robbie and I go way back, and a few weeks ago, we were talking about some of the issues that we discuss on this show, and she had a really interesting perspective. Not only is Robbie hilarious, she's also super sharp and not in the tech industry, so she asks great questions, and I wanted to capture some of that. A little bit more about her. Robbie was named one of Comedy Central's Up Next Comedians and was listed on Conan O'Brien's Comics to Watch list. She headlined for the New York Comedy Festival and recorded her first one-hour TV special at JFL 42 in Toronto for Crave TV in 2019. An ex-Hasidic queer Jew, Robbie is a fixture at the Just for Laughs Comedy Festival in her hometown of Montreal and has written for The Chris Gethard Show on True TV, Workin' Moms on Netflix, Baroness Von Sketch Show on IFC, and Odd Squad on PBS, for which she won a Daytime Emmy Award in 2019. There are some adult themes and questionable language used in this episode, so if that's an issue for you, you should skip this one. So, here we go. So the whole point of this podcast, did you read it? I know nothing about this podcast. It's technology. I have an invention for you. I don't want you to steal it. I'll record. Okay. I kind of want you to steal it. Well, I don't want you to steal it. But if you steal it, I want compensation for it because I do think that it would be. That wouldn't be stealing if I'm compensating. Oh, good. Okay. So that's what I want. So nice working together. But I have an idea that I think can change what you do specifically. Oh, I tap a lot in podcasts. That's okay. What you do specifically yeah. with tactile mm. technology, because I have a big opinion on it. Yeah, I know. No, so this is what triggered the whole thing. Wait, so before yeah. you dive okay. in, because this feels like okay. you know, we should build up to it a little yeah, bit. Yeah, yeah, we'll Okay, build up. so here's the thing. So this podcast, because you don't know what this thing is. No. Okay. Mostly this podcast is about something that is called the tactile internet. Right. I think we had a brief conversation about that. Right. The idea that in the near future, cyberspace becomes a physical place you can visit with your body you can right. interact with other people physically you can move objects through the internet right so it's right. So, so it's like now you look up things on the internet you find information but in the f- near future you'll be able to find skills on the internet you'll be able to be like i need somebody to cook me something and instead of downloading a recipe you'll download a skill that will make you the food abstractly speaking that's what we're talking about like objects moving around robots being able to touch somebody through the internet. And that's like a big mm-hmm. deal because it's like one of the things that limits us is our ability to be in one place at one time and have limited strength and attention. Yeah, I don't know things. if those are limitations to me or more like precious. Re- sure, sure. Well, yeah. okay. Not limitation. Without yeah. value judgment, be, without yeah. value being in it, it's like a limitation, right? There are certain constraints or restraints that we have. Well, because I think if we didn't have those constraints, it would touch on those things. Right. If we didn't have a constraint on touch, touch wouldn't be special. That's right. Actually, so, no, no. So here's a great example that I yeah. love to give. So when films first came out, there were all these news stories and opinion writers saying, questioning, is death obsolete? Because until now, you could only see someone if they were alive. Once they were dead and gone, right. their image was gone. Now they're on film. So do they live forever? Is death obsolete? And so then people's images became not precious. So that's, you're exactly right. That mm-hmm. will happen with touch. Touch is this like special thing right now. Mm-hmm. And it's about to be co-opted by digital technology and just be another medium for digital interaction. I see. But that's where you and I, yeah, we'll, we'll get into it. I don't know. Is the, now is the time to get into it. Is, okay. I think what you and I started on was like sex robots and like 
taking the flashlight and building out, you know, a sex yeah. robot yeah, yeah, that yeah. is very helpful for some people. I think intimacy is like such an important facet of life for uh, to create a healthy person. I think there's a lot of very lonely people, and I think that that could help them. I do think that people who are capable of seeking intimacy and gaining intimacy themselves will be less inclined to do robot stuff because it will never fully be the real thing. And I think I gave you an accounting example, which is the valuing of goodwill, right. which for right. your listeners who aren't accountants, I had a brief history in accounting and goodwill is just the difference between the value of a company and what it's sold for. You know, simple valuation of company works that you count all their assets up and that's what they're worth. So if you're valuing Coke, you go, okay, they have two buildings, they have 10 machines, they have uh, a patent, you know, whatever it is, they have this much, $1,000 cash on hand. Obviously, these numbers are inaccurate, that's a pretty, but pretty um, they only have a thousand. Yeah. I'm worried for everybody at Coke now. But, and then you would, okay, you would, you would add up all those things and say, okay, Coke is worth $10,000. And then when you sell it, it goes for a million because it's the brand and the value, the immeasurable value of the company that really is what's important about Coke. It's not the product itself. It really is what the product means, how it makes people feel, uh, the brand, you know, uh, just the visibility of it. And so that difference between 10,000 and a million would be on your line item when you did the statements at the end of the year for what you sold this company for, that would be called goodwill. Mm -hmm. And that's the intangible. So we do measure the intangible that way. People, you know, there are full accounting branches and, and consulting branches who try and forecast what those values would be, mm -hmm. you know, and bet on them and things like that. And that's a whole other market. But, um, but basically that for me was the difference of the sex robot and a real live human person was we don't really know what the goodwill value is until they're prevalent enough, until enough people are with these sex robots, maybe in serious relationships or at least intimate relationships. And, and, and we, we can really only assess it then. I think it'll be, if I was, betting on if, if i was trying to forecast it i think that the goodwill value would be enormous of a real person of a real person yeah, yeah. to to uh, so but some people think like i think you were arguing well it's almost the same like what will the difference be no, i no, think no, that no, intangible no, no. will be just huge i don't think it's the same but i'm just questioning like what exactly you'd be replacing okay so like if sex robots become very commonplace it may be that human monogamous intimate relationships aren't as affected as, for example, a reduction in human trafficking, a reduction in dangerous prostitution behavior, right. all kinds of other things that could be mitigated at, at a very small cost to kind of this. I don't know if it I don't know if it's true. Stuff. I don't yeah, know, because I, don't know I think that that stuff is always about power. And if these people immediately feel they have power over a yeah. robot, it really takes the thrill away from these psychos. I think a lot of the thrill of people who engage in like really criminal sex behavior is power and yeah. stuff like that what was that did you see that netflix series what was that series about it was like the, their souls were like something called a stack it was like this chip that oh they wore in God, their neck no. okay took place in the future it's actually a pretty good series what was that imagine called? it took place in the past oh this Man. was in the 50s oh i missed it i didn't read about that <laughs> and uh people could be like revived very easily as long as this chip in their neck wasn't destroyed but then some people really liked to actually destroy real lives, not just 
be violent with people and then have them reanimated, that wasn't good enough. They had to know that they were actually right. destroying somebody's body. Yeah, yeah, you know, that, that's, 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 that's the difference to me of people. That's why people are fucked. Yeah. It's, it's that right there, because they need to know it's real. Yeah. You but, know. Yeah, okay, but there's probably some percentage of sexual behaviors that are dangerous either to individuals or societies that aren't about that. Regardless of whether we want it or not, I think the sex robots are coming. I no, was they're at, here. I, I mean, at, they, yeah. they do exist and yeah, people yeah, yeah. do have them and they're enjoying them. So I was at AVN a couple of weeks ago. You know what that is? No. The, no it's like, um, it's like it seems a Seems like a lot of techie men. It feels like no, a place no, no, that no, would no, not no. go. It's uh, the, the adult industry. It's like right. a combination of technology and content. It's one of the biggest conventions, although right. it's not that big. I was actually surprised at how small it was. Hey, yo, hey, yo. There's a joke there. Sorry. <laughs> Go ahead. No, but like you, you think, okay, like everyone's here, but it was like three big gym-sized buildings in Las Vegas. Every time you, you use a reference to size, like how big? Like I'm like, no, now that we're in this space, I'm like, these jokes are way too easy. <laughs> Um, this is I'm a family-friendly podcast. Oh, it is. Yeah. Okay, I swore. I won't swear again. No, no, no. You can swear. We'll just. You know what? We'll, okay, we'll he just. Very uh, weird there's a little switch friendly. I can. I can. Yeah, he'll flip for uh, family-friendly or not. Yeah. So I'll flip that switch. So yeah. Feel free to speak. Um, anyway, I went to I went to AVN. Super interesting. I saw a lot of different sex toys and technologies, but I did see like the most advanced sex robots that exist, at least for. Besides like the super like, you know, $100,000 bespoke things, right. which, I, which I hear exist. These things are like a few thousand dollars and they're not. But they look like, like when I look at them now, just hanging there, like there's a Netflix yeah. documentary that oh, has yeah. an episode about them. Yeah. And they kind of just look like, like bad makeup and hair is kind of just falling. Yeah. I mean, you order, you order the makeup, the hair to your liking. So that's all programmable, but they're starting to put motors and things in, in the face so that she can make expressions and stuff. Mm -hmm. And so it's sort of like a very advanced animatronic character mm -hmm. from Chuck E. Cheese, but like with cleavage and yeah, yeah, it's like that. So anyway, that's happening. Yeah, there's a lot of weird stuff. And what, what's also interesting though, is the industry of like the content has totally changed. So it used to be that it was a studio system, star system, just like anything else. It's been undermined mm -hmm. by the internet. And so now you have individual, like the equivalent of YouTubers, making their own content, being promoted at the show. Having their own channels. Yeah. Yeah. No, 100%. I talk about this in my own industry. Sometimes I take meetings and everybody is like so afraid of, well, how are people consuming television? Like nobody's watching television anymore. Everything's streaming. So, and everything's, you know, and they're freaking out about like the actual medium that we see this content through rather than making good content. So they're like constantly chasing what people want to watch. And that's why it's like all teleprompting and it's just to sell stuff now. Mm. But the truth is, is, is if it's good, people will go to it. I didn't know what Sirius was, but Howard Stern is an excellent talker mm -hmm. and we all went there. Mm -hmm. I didn't necessarily watch a ton of YouTube, but there are some YouTube people that I watch they're just very good and unscripted. Right. We will go somewhere we have no idea if it's good. Bring us there. Mm. And I think that network television is behind in that way. Mm. And they're like, yeah, they're just trying to make an algorithm for what, why people are leaving, you know, what people want to watch rather than just doing what they think is good. I can't believe people still natural. watch it. Honestly, it's, it's wild. Now when you watch it and it's like you're in the middle of something and it cuts to a commercial that has nothing to do with what you're watching, it seems 
extremely artificial and shocking. It's it's shocking. And I can't believe yeah. we put up with this growing up. Well, I You're mean, we would know. You would know what you did is you had somebody. I was very good at last channel. Yeah. I toggled. I knew the last channel, plus I had one that I would input manually. So I knew my toggle plus the third channel if like both were commercial. But isn't that a crazy way it's to consume crazy. content? It's obscene and it takes so <laughs> much concentration. You know, you can't be having... Commercials also did give you a great break. In my house, as you know, I had, I had yeah. nine siblings. Yeah. We had one, I want to say 30-inch TV. <laughs> uh, 30 seems big for it, but yeah, it was probably it was 30. Yeah. And we had two couches, one couch that sat three and one couch that sat two. Okay, so it was musical chairs every day. And the thing is, is commercials was the only time you could get up and not lose your seat. You wouldn't lose your seat? You wouldn't lose your seat. So my house, commercials came on. You could pee, get your snack, whatever. As soon as you lost your seat, there was no fight about it. There was nothing. Even if there was ever a squabble, my mother had to come in and interview. She'd be like, was commercials? She Like this law was the law and the only one. And I do kind of miss that. Like that, oh, it gave you a break. Right. Or you could talk about what happened. Or you could be like... <gasps> It gave you a little bit of anticipation and you knew that they would go to commercial when it was getting good. Like there, there is something, there's a lesson in patience for commercials. The mm. consumerism I could do without. What if they just put a podcast in the commercial or something that wasn't selling you something? It just seems crazy to me that it's you're crazy. like, that you're pivoting to a totally different subject it's in crazy. the middle of a story. It's, it's awful. It's it, awful. It, it's weird. And, and, it got and it was too also much. like, remember how there was this trope about like there was one person that controlled the remote control and decided what everybody watched. And that yeah. was like a coveted position in the household. That's also weird. There was, yeah, I, we, there were, it, it definitely was passed around the remote. And then there were shows that we all watched and there were shows that it was like a fight. Like, yeah. are we watching this or are we watching that? It's just, yeah. It, it was In quiet. retrospect, it seems like bizarre. Like when I tell my boys how people used to watch TV, like they won't believe it, right? Right, but also they don't watch together. Your boys, no. There's there's pros and cons to everything. It's like well, the truth the is there show. was like ten shows. Like there wasn't. There was probably a hundred shows when we were younger. But now there's thousands. You know what I mean? Yeah. Shows have become like music. Like you can be into a genre of music. You can only like rock. You can like hip hop. TV is like that now. You yeah, can be yeah, into oh, I'm into absurdist comedies. I'm into this. You know, it has enough that there are pockets of television. So I feel with stand up too. You know, I do stand up, and I think stand up used to be like you were either into stand up or not. Mm. And now there's enough stand up that we have genres of stand up, right? Um, like music. Like you could be into a certain genre of stand up. You could like deadpan. You could like, um, you know, super. Yeah. goofy stand-up and yeah. people the intellectual stand-up and stuff like that like people know what they like in stand-up now they don't just like stand-up there are things of stand-up they don't like yeah but it's like it used to be a thing do you like stand-up and yeah. that meant you encompassed everything yeah 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 you know so it's interesting tv is entering that genre mm. phase for me too where it's and 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 i'll say this it's moving at the pace maybe of population when i was a kid there was six million people i believe there's close to nine now yeah i think it's something like that yeah so there was six billion when i was a kid because i remember when it was six me too and now it's nine that's a tremendous jump in market like that means that we have three billion more market right 
than we had but when is I was that really, younger. But that's not really the market that we have access to. No, but whatever. But yeah, it's, yeah, but yeah, but yeah, it's yeah, relative. Yeah. I'm just saying like there's more people to entertain and there's more like so it's not necessarily like we're always worried about dividing interests and like you know if people are watching this they're not watching this well different people are watching this and different people are watching this and there's enough market for a lot of things now in technology there's this idea of the next billion this idea that within the next 20 years or so another billion people are going to be joining the internet and when they do that's like joining the the conversation, you know, joining the culture in this way that that they didn't have access to before. Mm-hmm. And so we would expect there would be like this flourishing of online activity over the next 20 years, mm-hmm. like to an, to an extent that we haven't seen. Right. Yeah, that's how I feel. Like, that's why I feel like, how is everybody watching all these shows? I'm like, listen, guys, there's literally three billion more people than when I, I was a kid. Like, that's exponentially crazy. Yeah. For it to jump that much. Yeah. Uh, it's it's a really that that makes me that's I'm not doing kids. I'm like uh, no, there's enough. Gay <laughs> people are one of the few natural birth controls I feel like we have. Like gay people need not to fuck around and try and get into the kid game. Like no, we are we are put on this earth as a natural birth control. Okay, that said, if there was a kid on the street somewhere and falls into my lap, we can talk about it and see. I could, you know, I understand gays adopting. Okay, I can't have kids. You can't have parents. Here we go. You know what I mean? But going out of your way with, and shout out, by the way, I don't need emails. I'm not even giving you my email. If you're gay and you have kids, good for you. Um, that's fine. Going out of your way to have kids though now with the world where it's heading seems psycho. So you and I disagree on that. I don't think we're nearly close to having too many people. More people is more brains. I don't think we're, no, I think we could have more people. Yeah. But respond, what kinds of people? Oh, I'm looking at the quality So you're of like people. a eugenics supporter. Well, I, I mean, yeah, I think until we can get a handle on taking care of the people we have now, right. we got, we got to, con- we have to figure something out. Like mm-hmm. it, it's, it's just too, it's too much. That's the very optimistic. So what, what do you, uh, what's this invention you have? Okay. Here's the problem with touch. Okay. Okay. Watch me record this. Watch you hate this. <laughs> okay. Watch you hate this and be like, yeah, you could do it. But I really think, I really think you should be doing this. Okay. Here we go. Here's, so we have an iPhone. Oh yeah. I needed my phone for it. Yeah. I was like, oh. Okay. We have an iPhone, right? Mm. Or people have an Android. Okay, people are against the grain with this Android and their stylus pen and whatever clunky business they want going on. So it's glass, right? Mm. All my touch is glass. Right. It's smudgy. It's really terrible. It, it Touching glass is not a good feeling. We no, don't do it any other time. That's right. I don't touch the, the, the glass table. I don't touch window panes. Uh, I don't touch display cabinets. Like touching glass is just not a naturally good feeling. It's like slime. It gets slimy after time and we know it's dirty and there's oils and it just doesn't do well with the oils of our hands and everything else. So I think that, you know, maybe it's more of a material than a tech design, but I think if we had a film over this Mm -hmm. or if this was made, I don't know of other transparent materials, maybe a thick rubber or something, I don't know. I, I don't know, they have to invent a transparent material that's not glass. If they're going to insist upon making it glass, if it had divots in it, kind of like moguls 
mm-hmm. ski moguls, but so tiny that you couldn't really see it, that it still looked flat. Yeah. But you felt it had some friction to it. Yeah. There are screen covers you can get that do that. Okay. You, so it's done. No, no, no. It's not that it's no. done. It's I just know. there are different textures that you can get on screen cover. I've actually, I've had them and I do like the way that they feel a little bit more than glass. Yeah, like the whole phone, like even the back of it. Like there's yeah. something, it could even be, fine, wood is not, but wood feels so much sure. better to people. People like working with wood. Like it just, wood feels soft and there's something like warm about wood. I had a Motorola phone a few years ago that had a wood case. Not an aftermarket yeah. case, but the back of the phone was the wood. The back of the phone. They're bringing nice. back the razor, I hear. Oh, yeah. They're bringing back the razor. People are, are it's like sold out or something. Like a people are going back yeah. to just doing the razor. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Retro phones are, are in because we don't want to be distracted. We don't always yeah. need a uh, So that was my phone. big invention. Yeah. Um, no, but what's interesting is you're totally vibing on something that I've talked about a lot. People don't like touching featureless glass. The way that touchscreen interaction works is you're controlling things that are behind glass. You can't actually touch them. So you mm-hmm. see them. So it's kind of like dissociated. We talk about direct manipulation because you pick up something and drag it and you see a move, but it's mm-hmm. not really direct because you don't feel like you're touching anything. Mm-hmm. So what we've done in the past, I can show you an example later, is like we activate the actuator in subtle ways so that when icons are moving or things are sliding around the screen, you can feel them through really, really slight little vibrations. So it just feels like alive. It feels like a mechanical object. It helps a little bit. Yeah. And there have been some nice phones that have done that, but it hasn't really taken off. Yeah. You know what makes me nauseous about this whole thing is these are so... The fact that smart people waste their time on things like this, these are such non-issues. I think it's a huge issue. But it's not a huge issue. I think it's a huge issue. It's objectively not a huge issue. It's not like hitting a need. So I, I think it is because it's just a microcosm of the larger need. And the larger need is, again, to have physical interaction with the world. We're getting more and more divorced from that. Mm-hmm. We work on computers. We talk to people over the internet through video conferences, again, through glass. Everything is separated from mm-hmm. the world through glass and you can't touch anything. Mm-hmm. And I think that people are starving to have their sense of touch stimulated. Well, I don't, I don't even like, I just want, so that cover exists. That cover's essential. It's not even that that's where I'm going to get my touch. It's just that the feeling of touching glass 24 seven, like I like all the things the phone does, but I just like glass yeah. is just not the, 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 the material. Yeah, 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 I know. But I'm just saying, yeah. I think that it points to a larger problem that's going to get bigger and bigger. It's right. not that it's such a big deal now. And it's not that making little designs for vibrations to match movements on screens is solving major wicked problems for people. But I I don't have a ton of evidence to back this up that's really solid. But if you look at things like incidents of alienation and mental illness and all these things that we associate with modernity and, you know, a tech Mm -hmm. tech infused society, I can't help but wonder if the technology isn't just underserving us because technology is not in itself a bad thing or, or well, I think technology is overserving for what technology is doing. I think technology has made great strides. I think in terms of other things, I think technology is one of the few industries where it's like when I was a kid, it was like, there was a little bit and it's huge. So it's had, it's, it's like if you were giving out stars in a class, it would be like most improved or quickest, you know what I mean? Like technology is that what's not 
as improved are things like filtration and like boring things like septic tanks around the world and plumbing. For instance, plumbing has been the same. Plumbing is least improved. Plumbing is something that like worldwide, we don't even think about it, but I was watching Bill Gates on something recently. And plumbing is like keeping half the world poor and sick because they're basically still going. Because they don't have plumbing. Yeah, they don't have plumbing or the plumbing they have is, our plumbing is even horrendous. It just goes through pipes. It's very bad plumbing. Plumbing needs technology. Plumbing, like I would say, everybody working in tech right now, stop. We're good right now. Yeah, we're good with We're good right now. We need all of your brains on plumbing. Okay, that's what we need. It's not sexy. It's not fun. But that's that's something that could drastically change the quality of the world for future generations. Whoever's working on tech right now, stop. We're good. We're good for a while. Okay, now we're... Now we have fine-tuning to do, the touch interface. Okay, we're in the polish stage, I would argue, of tech, okay? There are places that are still in phase one. Like, right. plumbing hasn't changed since 1920s. Like, since the toilet was... It's the same. Sometimes you go to an apartment and it is the same toilet. That's remarkable to me. That's Sometimes I'll go... I'm apartment hunting now. They're like, oh, it's all original. Like, the toilet shouldn't be original. It's from 1920. It's just wild that some industries, the ones that actually, because they're not sexy, because they're not, you know, they just stop. They're stagnant. Yeah. And those are the things that help the world. And I do think technology could lend itself. If it could get out of its own ass for a second, it could help those other industries. I think there's more room for infusion of tech within other industries. And I think they're doing that. You know, medically, they're doing it with personalized medicine and stuff like that. But I think for basic needs, we we tend to like categorize, well, that is a physical or that is a rudimentary problem. It's not really a technology problem. But what if technology people looked at it? Yeah, you're right to some extent. I think it's just that the incentives aren't there, right? Like the, right. the way that you make money isn't there. Right. That's and the, the incentives are skewed, you know, yeah. so money is fake and 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 money's fake. Yeah, money is fake. Money is made up. We weren't born in the world with money. It's it's inherently fake. It's made up. It's a construct. Right. For real. But it's okay. But it's, it's for a, real a construct. But it's just a tool. Yeah, it's yeah, it is a tool. It, it's something that I mean, for me it's like it's fake like screwdrivers are fake. Like No. It's not fake like screwdrivers are fake. No? No. Why not? It's not fake like screwdrivers are fake because it represents something. It isn't something. Screwdriver is something. It's just a tool. It fixes something. But it only fixes something because we made the world fixable by it. Yeah, fine. Like that. Great. But I think money as a construct is like for real a construct. Hmm. And fine. If you, if you want to go through that with tools, then fine. But tools are less destructive to me. Hmm. Like a screwdriver is not something that to me right now, I don't know where I was getting with this at the end. I don't know. You, I mean, you were I, talking I, about, uh, you were talking about perverse incentives and. Oh, right. You know. Yeah. So and it's not incentivized, right? Because it's not exactly money, but I think it is incentivized if there's shit everywhere. Pardon my French. Yeah. You know, we might be a little more incentivized. Um, but there's not right now. So. There is. In mo- most countries, well, there is. Sure. But it's, actually, that, that's a good point. So it's not visible enough. It hasn't leaked here yet. And, yeah. And one of the interesting things about immersive technology is that it's it's been shown to be very, very good at breeding empathy, right? And I've had this experience personally where these... Have you ever watched like a VR film? No. 
Okay, so there's these cameras you can buy that, that have lenses pointed in 360 degrees, mm -hmm. right? So you're just recording a sphere. And I think we used that on a set once. Yeah. I forget for what. So you can record a, a sphere, and then when you play it back, you put on a pair of VR goggles, and obviously you only see what's in front of you, but you can look anywhere. Right. You can see anything. Right. And um, it's extremely immersive, and I've done some of these where, you know, you're taken to a faraway country, and you feel really like when you see people standing in front of you making eye contact with the camera, I have this adrenaline rush as if somebody's really in front of me. Right. And really looking at me. So that's the anecdote. But I mean, there actually are studies that show that VR experiences can increase empathy. They call it like the empathy machine. And so it could be. Yeah, that, I don't even know about fixing empathy. Well, no, know? I'm just saying like you could actually if you're trying to make a point about, you know, another country needing. Yeah technology for plumbing, like the best way to make it might be to take people there through VR to make them understand that it's an important issue. All right, next question. Actually, what do you usually get asked in interviews that you don't want to be asked? No, no, this no, time? Not, nothing, nothing. I uh, will go on and I'll tell you. It's yeah. mostly like family stuff, how you sort of comedy, but. Oh. Um, no, no, no. I want like, like the juice. Yeah. Okay. Go ahead. Wow. We're, we're getting into it. Let's. <laughs> <laughs> Hit me. Hit me. Um, oh, I have a question. Go ahead. What do you think about Mars? Have we talked about Mars? I mean, Mars? no, but I have opinions. Okay. Okay, this is red. It's red there. Yeah. The sky is red. The sky is kind of a dusty red. Yeah. And all the time. That's like it's daylight. For the most part, yeah. I'm not living there. We're not doing red. The thing is, people aren't going to be outside anyway. They're going to be underground. Yeah, because you can't live outside, right? Well, the there's a What's lot of happening? radiation. Yeah. yeah. So you can go out, but you can't go out for very long unless we have a breakthrough with like radiation proof suit technology. Nobody's moving to Mars. I think a lot of people are going to move. I think we get to see this happen. I actually think that that's part of the motivation for a lot of what I do. But radiation is so horrendous. Like it, it's a, how is that not it's bad. deterring everyone? Like I don't understand how that's not moot point. Okay, there's radiation, we move on. Even living underground, I'd be afraid of radiation. We don't really know the effects. No, no, no. But radiation is blocked by rock. Completely? Completely blocked What by about rock. the door? Is your door rock? Well, it's just radiation raining down on you. So if you go down a hole and then right or left, right. it won't bend okay. around. But who wants to live like this? People well, are trying to live in this. There are people who live in the sewers now. Yeah. Like see, full communities and there stuff. They don't want to. It's a, it's a wretched existence. They're poor. Hmm. I've actually heard about the, there's these societies of people that yeah. live in uh, subway stations that are yeah. abandoned and stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah. It's a big, you know, and nobody wants to. That's just the, their only option. Isn't there like a tour you can take of LA that's taking you to all these like places that are forgotten and sealed off and condemned maybe i've been to the it. abandoned zoo nothing to see there What's by that? the way if you guys are thinking of going to the abandoned zoo out near griffith park it's really nothing there's a couple cages and it, you know if you think about a zoo an abandoned zoo what is it a fence <laughs> think about a, a zoo empty it's not going to be much it's not cool yeah. Yeah. There's nothing cool. It's not like a. It's not like Alcatraz. Yeah. I think I was expecting like an event, but I was like, oh, okay. Here's a field. I'm sure. Yeah. A giraffe grazes. <laughs> like there's nothing to see. I was wholly unimpressed. So don't don't waste your time. It's of course it's free. So I would say money, but your time is money. I think people are moving to Mars because people just want to have adventures. We need a frontier. Right. Here's here's a theory that I have. I can mm -hmm. bounce off of you. 
you know, you look at a lot of the political upheaval of the last few years and people acting very obnoxiously to each other online and basically just going a little nuts and losing mm -hmm. kind of their perspective. I think it's partially because we don't have a frontier. I think that humanity does we better when a there's frontier. a frontier. That's a great theory. Because you can leave. Because then if you get pissed off about the people around you and what's happening, you just say, I'm out, right? But nobody can do that anymore. Like, there's nowhere you can go. Okay. Uh, the frontier is an interesting thing. I would argue we do have frontiers. They're not sexy. They're okay. curing cancer. They're, you know what I no, mean? No, 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 no. I'm talking about literally. That's a real frontier. No, it's, no, it's metaphorical. A frontier yeah. is a place you can go. Okay, fine. You can say there's no one there or very few people. There's, I can just do whatever I want. And so there's, it's like, a, it's like a, an escape valve, right? Mm -hmm. um, yeah, but, but we're, okay, where is this land? Is it in the Caribbean? No, no, no. Oh, it, beautiful beaches? No, no, no. Oh, blue skies? No, no, no. Red skies, the devil. <laughs> Horrendous. Okay. Radiation everywhere. Yeah. You have to be underground for real. Yeah. No windows underground. Like, no, there's like, no windows. So, so part of what's going to happen, I think, and it might be a bleak vision of the future for some people. When I explain this, people get very upset. But I, I don't think it's actually that bad. Unless humanity is destroyed soon, then most of the people who have the human experience will have it not on this planet. Right? I think either poor people will be forced to move there or fugitives or criminals or or let's send like the worst people No, there. people are going to go by themselves. They're going to just go. Elon Musk wants it to cost $200,000 to go because he says people will buy tickets if they can choose to move to Mars instead of put a down payment on a house. No, no, they wouldn't. I think they will. There's a long list of people that want to go. I'm sure. It's They've the gamer community. I blame all the people probably in the gamer community, these weirdos. <laughs> no, They're doing things like wanting to move to Mars. So here's the thing. So, so I'm sure there's a big overlap with the people who are gaming at the porn convention and Mars. Yeah, for sure. But so if people have to live underground, they're going to live in artificially managed environments, right? You mm -hmm. can't just walk around outside. Everything about... It's Blast from the Past. You've seen that movie, Brendan Fraser? No. This is it, the Brendan Fraser movie. Everybody, listeners, it's this movie. It's an underground. They thought that the nuclear bomb was happening. This was like really based on the 50s scare. Okay. They built a completely underground. The outdoors underground was also underground. Right. Yeah, yeah. That's what it's going to be like. But you it have will to be, see this movie, Dave. This I is will. You should Blast watch it tonight. All right. Maybe I'll look at it. But I don't think it's going to be that. Well, maybe they'll build little jungles underground. But I think it's going to be mostly virtual. Mm. Like your experience of standing on in a vista and looking long distances and seeing a horizon with a blue sky and feeling the wind blow and the warm sun on your skin, that will all be virtual. No. It has to be. Yeah, it will be virtual, but it's a terrible existence. It, 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 that goodwill, um, the, the value of the human of feeling actual wind, Fresh air is fresh air. You, you you really can't replace fresh air. A glass of water is a glass of water. You know what I mean? I, I can't, like, if you need fresh air. But you don't need you it. You need fresh air. No, but, but I do. Sometimes I'm like, I got to get fresh air. So, no, no. So, my point is you want it, but you don't need it. People will have less. It, it will be considered a luxury to have real fresh air. Only the most. Rich. Maybe rich people will live on a hospitable planet where they can walk outside. Right, but yeah, I told you they're that. gonna force poor people to live to Mars. I mean, this is no, this is like anything else. It was like you know, people being pushed out of 
New York. People, you know, now they're in Jersey. That's Mars. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's just like, it, it's, it's like anything else. It's like people want us to live in LA. They're in the Valley. The Valley is Mars. It's always pushed out. You're always just pushed out. Right. And the next frontier of pushing poor people out is we got to get to Mars. And the, the government will be paying for them to go because it's, it's better for them not to be here. Really? I yeah, don't know rich if I agree people with that. don't want to be with the gen pop. Yeah, maybe. But do you, you want to? You would go to Mars? No, I, I probably can't go. Why? Well, I'm getting older. Oh, they're only sending young people. I don't know. You think? I don't, maybe. And plus, Liz can't go to Mars because of medical needs. She's just yeah. She doesn't want to deal with it. No, <laughs> she, Mars. She, plus the flight. Like I, you know, I, I I flew to London a couple times this year. Yeah. Uh, I mean, this would be a eight month flight. It's an eight month flight. Yeah. You're on a plane or a rocket for eight months. You want to tell me? Yeah. Something like With that. like one yeah. box of things, if even maybe nothing. Yeah. Well, you're going to be in virtual reality most of the time. Eight month flight, like 11 but, but hour flight. Is, literally the only thing I talk about in London, like my ex is like the only thing you talk about of your three months in London is that there was two and a half hours of turbulence over Iceland. I'm like, it's literally, I mean, you remember trauma. Yeah. It was two and a half hours straight of turbulence, wretched turbulence, Yeah. which I know nothing happens during turbulence. I know that it's a fact. Still, it's a mind fact. Right. That's what turbulence is. Right. It doesn't make sense it that nothing happens. It makes you feel unsafe. Yeah. Anyway, you were... You well, no, I was just going to say, in the age of exploration, people used to take these tall ships across the planet. They would go for months at a time at sea in much worse conditions than you'd be in a rocket to Mars. Much worse. That's so a my fair point, point, except that it's so unknown, and you, at least you feel tethered to the water, if that even makes sense. My point isn't that it'll be pleasant. My point is people will do it. Like, it will for yeah, sure Yeah, I think happen. people will do it. First of all, Chaya's always said, if you can think of it, somebody's into it. She right. meant that sexually, but I mean that with everything else. Right. Right. Or yeah, maybe, of course. Maybe if you can think of it. On, yeah, know. I'm sure. So yeah. red light, very sexy. Yeah. Okay, go on. <laughs> yeah, lights is, lighting is important, but I don't want red light. Red light is an intense one to do all the time. Red lights for a, a certain occasion. <laughs> Since when did red light become involved with colonizing Mars? It has nothing. Well, it's no red there. Requirement. Yeah, I know. But you could have regular lights there. No, because outside it's red. Yeah, but in your space station or your Mars station, it's not red unless you turn on a red light. In fact, there will be so much red everywhere that it'll probably be considered a little bit kitschy to have red light on Mars, you know? It's just, so you're never going out? You're probably not ever going out. How thick is the crust that you can live? Only a few feet. It's only a few feet? You don't have to be have that much between you and No, radiation. I mean that, but how far can you, because can you do like Montreal, like the underground city? Can you have like malls and and grocery stores yeah, and you're all the and there's a subway yeah, that's the idea you know what i mean everything is just if you, if you took the reflection of a city on the water and you lived in the reflection yeah that's what it would be like you know what i mean like you just flipped everything upside down oh yeah, no no like because you gravity down. is still pulling you down no no no. i mean that no you're still living upwards but yeah, yeah. but you're building <laughs> into the ground versus up. up yeah that's right that's how it'll be. And you can go, how thick is this crust? Do they have any? You don't have to dig Because here, you, there's certain, you can't just dig forever. You'll hit water, you'll hit, like, there's right. all kinds of issues. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Those have to be resolved for sure. And it's much hotter on Mars, right? Isn't that, is it, it's the third planet, we're the fourth planet? 
Uh, we're third, they're fourth. They're fourth. It's colder. So it's colder. So much the, colder. At my the God. equator, in the summer, it can get up to seventy degrees Fahrenheit in midday. So it can get that warm, but then at night it can drop to like two hundred degrees, negative. Well, so how are we cool. living in this with heaters? You have to have heaters. You have to no, have but I mean severe heaters. Where our heaters withstand this? You need. You need. Under the rock, power is it plants. colder? Is it warmer? Here, sometimes the rock is. We don't know. It depends where you are. Yeah. So you're not going. <laughs> I'm not going. But you agree that people will go. I'm not even going to India. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not going. I didn't even want to go to Europe again. I. I didn't grow up with the privilege of traveling. I just grew up in a very multicultural area always yeah um when i got to university it was a lot of like these backpacking i was like that was the first time i was like really surrounded by like mm. you know privileged kids who would take summers and backpack and they were just consuming cities spending two days in the city three days in the city and moving on mm -hmm. it just didn't feel like for me i'm like i can be a bit of a creature of habit if i'm gonna go somewhere i go three weeks i go to one place like when i did go to europe i went to England for three weeks, Paris for 10 days. Like I, I, I'm not, I wasn't consuming. I don't like that move around and see the big sites and, and we checked it off and yeah. I'd never had goals of going to all kinds of countries. And also there was this fallacy that people would go and like find themselves. And I thought, what, what will I get to Afghanistan and say, oh, and I was behind a Shishtauk stand. Like what, what is... <laughs> When you know it this whole time, it just felt like finding yourself is different for everyone. And for me, it felt like me being out on my own so early and learning to care for myself. I think one of the most thankless jobs, and again, this veers off from technology, is the idea that we're not responsible for somebody else. I think, you know, I am responsible to clothe and feed somebody and keep a roof over somebody's head and keep that person fulfilled, keep that person supported financially, keep them happy. And that person is me, you know, caring for oneself. And I don't mean self-care, but I mean really sustaining a contributing citizen is a big job to do it properly. And a lot of people don't do it properly and they end up, they fall on hardships and stuff like that. But it's almost a thankless job. And I felt the experience of becoming independent that was finding myself. But I always grew up in really diverse cities, so I felt like, well, why well, do I have to go to Italy? I'll just go to Little Italy, have a meal, and call it a day. Like, you know what I mean? It's like I grew up with the sound. It just felt like a lot for what it is. Yeah. It reminds me of Jerry Seinfeld's joke. He has this amazing joke. Do the horses know they're racing? They must know they got to get there fast. Because you're hitting them, you're kicking them, you know what I mean? They know they got to get there, but they must get to the finish line and go, we were just here. <laughs> we took the longest possible route to get right here. We could have not done anything. They must be so confused about where they had to run and they get right back. Yeah. Uh, that's what uh, these travel people reminded me of. Right, right. They're still in the thick of it, like, oh, what do I want to do with my life? And I, I like, because you never addressed that to begin with. You never became self-sustaining. And now you actually have to be self. You have to figure out what to do with your life. And you've, and you've just delayed it by I don't know how many years. This is why they need a frontier. Okay, well, why does Mars have to be? Is there another planet like Earth? So, so I don't care how far it is. Let's make that the frontier, even if it's the ne 200 years out. No, unfortunately, it's not attainable it's like, enough. It's, it's thousands of years it's out. Thousands. That's the problem. Okay. So Mars or there's another thing, which is, so Venus, you can't live on on their surface. Okay. Because even like metal will just melt right away. It's too hot. 
Okay, terrible. Super, super hot. But up in the sky, there's a part of the atmosphere that is actually so temperate that not only could humans live there, but they could walk outside without a spacesuit on. Isn't that no, insane? That's insane. And so you could use zeppelins to build a What's cloud this? city on Venus. And there's actually a Wait, NASA project. Oh, but, oh, on Venus, the clouds. I thought you meant yeah, here. Yeah. No, no, no. In the clouds of Venus. So you could build a you could build an airship so city. They have clouds in Venus? They do. There's many poisonous clouds, but up above oh. the poisonous clouds, up in this, I can't remember what part of the atmosphere yeah. it is, right? But so there's these Na there's a NASA project to design a, a sky city in Venus. So they will send like rockets, they will deploy these giant zeppelins. Sky city sounds more interesting to me than Mars underground. I like being a pot, even for a view, even for an apartment. I'm like, you know what, give me some of a view. I'm just saying, I don't like to be underground. I don't like a basement. Yeah. I, I don't want to be underground. I just, it's, but you could do so much more underground. There's more room in a way. Like for, I know, you're, but you're the view is worth to, everything, but it's just like psychologically yeah. being underground. I don't know if it's because we're Jews and the bunkers and everything else that was happening, but it's just, I, I've, I, I can't, it, it just inherently is like, I, I can't get behind that vibe. I think Venus might be closer too. Okay. Wait, Venus, what color is that sky? Uh, Give me up a blue. there, I don't know. Maybe blue, yellow. I don't blue, know. Blue, I take yellow. No Yellow's idea. pretty. Really? Red's aggressive. Well, Red's too much. Yeah, women are from Venus. Men are from Mars. So yeah, why know. do they do that? I don't know. I've never read that book. I think we should find some people who've signed up to try to move to Mars, and we should have you talk to them. I would love to talk to them. Don't you think? Yeah, I mean, I I would want security there if they're not well. If they're like actively pursuing this, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, something's gone wrong. So we should dig into that a bit. Yeah. Okay, we'll do it. Okay, great. All right. Is this an, is that all for your questions? I think that's good. Good. Yeah, we'll leave okay. It there. Very nice. Thanks right. for having me, Dave. Uh, Appreciate it. Thank you. Hey, if you're looking to check me out, <laughs> no. um, you can, Where can follow we me find on Twitter. You, you can Wait. find me on Twitter at I am Robbie Hoffman. R O B B Y. H-O-F-F-M-A-N. For nudes, you can go to Instagram, Robbie Hoffman. Oh, and I'll be doing my solo show again here in L.A. March 27th at the Lyric Hyperion. Cool. I want to go see that. Okay, come. Thank you for listening. You can find me online at DaveBirnbaum.com. You can support this podcast by subscribing to it, telling your friends and colleagues about it, and by supporting it through Patreon. More information at DaveBirnbaum.com. Beats by Illy MC. The views and opinions expressed in this recording do not necessarily reflect the official policies or positions of people, institutions, or organizations that the owner or guests may or may not be associated with in a professional or personal capacity and are not intended to malign any religion, ethnic group, club, organization, company, individual, or anyone, or anything. Copyright 2020, Dave Berenbaum. <laughs>